Okay, we're back to podcast. I hope everyone's had a good week so far. And I'm thankful for all that God is doing for us and uh, His many blessings. We're going to Galatians chapter 2. Now remember, next week we'll be back in person Bible study. Uh, we'll be in the uh, going into the second portion of Genesis Um just really a chapter away from where we've been. We're going into the creation of man and, and the fall. And uh, so I'll be looking forward to that. And, of course, that's an exciting study. And uh, I hope you were able to make it last. If you, or, excuse me, if you weren't able to make it last week, I hope you had a chance to listen to it. Uh, but I enjoyed this Galatians study as well. I hope you're listening on podcast. Um, Galatians is one of my favorite of the New Testament epistles. Um, Paul is dealing with uh, much of what we face today, you know, with the institution of or uh, the the attempt of the institution of Judaizers uh, back into uh, Christianity. Folks have been set free. From the, Jew, the, from the law of the Jew and we should remember that we, we, you know I, I understand the respect for you know uh, trying to honor and have a respect for a say Sunday but Sunday's not the Sabbath Saturday was actually the Sabbath and we don't worship on the Sabbath um, in fact I remember years ago, man, you couldn't go, you couldn't pump gas. You know, there are a lot of things that Christians look down on, take out the trash on a Sunday. Um, but they miss the fact that Colossians teaches that, uh, I mean, even a ball game. But, you know, I, I know folks that, man, they won't, they won't dare work on a Sunday, even if Ox was in the ditch. Uh, don't, you remember that story, don't you? Uh, when the Judaizers were attempting to uh, put the enforce the law on Jesus, and he gave the parable of an ox in the ditch, um, but you know, taking a game or, or what have you. And the fact of the matter is, uh, all of that under the institution of the Sabbath was wrong, and that's why God told us in Colossians, which we'll get to probably next in podcast, uh, to not have respect of unholy day. We're not to, to, to observe that as the Jew did. And Christ embodied all of that. Our rest is in Him. And, and I'm not saying it's wrong if you do. I'm saying... The, the issue becomes when you feel like that is part of your salvation and, and you're even a part of the of, of the, the results or fruits of your salvation. It's not. It's not. And so no part of the law can be dabbled with or instituted with in requirement of a New Testament salvation. Uh, verse number two, chapter 2, verse number 1 of Galatians. So, that's uh, that's the, the the fundamental teaching here in Galatians. Paul had uh, preached a doctrine of grace. He preached a message of grace. Um, they were saved uh, 
by the grace of God. And um, that being the case, understanding that, folks come in and attempted to institute false teachers, um, attempted to institute the doctrine of the law intermingled with the doctrine of grace. So uh, let's let's look at this. Chapter two, verse number chapter two, verse number one, then fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And so this would be verses one through ten, Paul's describing a view of events that can be found in Acts fifteen. Okay. Um so what he's he's talking about, the parallel is found in Acts fifteen. Now that's the beauty that I love when it comes to uh, the book of Acts as well as the epistles. They can be cross-referenced one with another because what you're reading about in the epistles are taking place in Acts. So Paul's speaking of a journey um, that he takes Titus with, with Barnabas and also Titus. I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being the Greek, was compelled to be circumcised, and that because of false brethren unaware brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. What about that? Now, I'm going to stop right there for a few minutes. I come from a background, and and some others did, um, in in our church, where where there were efforts of bondage placed. It it can be simple things of things in life, things in your lifestyle, dress, what different different parameters, um, different degrees, and. Those that, for some, when someone held those strict legalistic views of life after salvation, would refer to someone that was saved but had not yet uh, given place to their quote unquote standard or their conviction, they would refer to them as being immature. Here's what's fascinating, or not matured in in the the faith. Here's what's fascinating. When we read through Galatians, it's the exact opposite. It's the ones that tried to impose standards, laws, convictions, if you please, upon others who were saved by the grace of God. It was those that Paul is labeling as immature. I find that fascinating. I mean, it's as clear-cut in the Bible as, as, as the nose on your face. And so, um, we find that false brethren creeps in unawares. They, tension, they, they tr- typically do. Brought in, came in privately, that's in private, to spy out our liberty. They come and 
to look at and to spy out the liberty that we had in the grace of God, um, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection. No, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrary-wise, now I like this, but contrary-wise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Um, as a general term, circumcision means the Jews and uncircumcision would mean the Gentiles. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me. I like what Paul said, perceive. Now this is James and John. We're referring to Peter, James, and John. This is Paul referring to Peter, James, and John, uh, who seemed to be pillars. That A pillar would be someone that would uphold something, someone strong in the faith. A pillar upholds the the home from the foundation to the top or the building or the structure that's what Peter, James and John are, were or perceived to be is what Paul says the grace was given unto me they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that they should go in that we should go into the heathen and they into the circumcision so basically here um, Paul and Barnabas were going to go to the Gentiles and Peter, James, and John were going to go to the Jews. Now, here's where this thing gets tricky. Only though, only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Now, this incident, incident would have had to occur after the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15, um, Paul and Peter differed here in policy. They were still brethren. They were still loved, beloved in the Lord. But Paul acknowledged that he and Peter were in accord as to the doctrine of salvation, justification by faith, but they were not in accord on this matter. Now let me say something to that. You can disagree in in for like for instance, last Wednesday night I taught on the gap in between Genesis one one and one two. You don't have to agree with me on that. That's not a fundamental doctrine on justification by faith. We don't have to agree on that matter. You don't have to agree with every little doctrinal matter of someone and still love them, fellowship with them and be brothers and sisters in the Lord together with someone because Paul detects a real issue here. And the issue is, is arising that they are going to begin, Peter, James, and John are going to try to impose or, or retain circumcision to at least some degree for those that are saved. 
Paul has a real problem with that. Okay, now watch this. He even says, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. And here's why he's going to elaborate. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So, he, Peter, I love Peter, I do. Peter's a little two-faced. However, Peter would play the Jew with the Jew. He would play up to the Gentiles when he was with the Gentiles. Um, that's what Paul's rebuking him for. Peter's got Paul's got a problem with with Peter, kind of play, playing both sides of the coin. And, and I'm gonna tell you, I, that's the person I have the least respect for. Is someone that's just just outright two faced. Peter's got a little bit of that in him. Paul detected that, and Peter rejected and rebuked him for that. And so the Bible says here, uh, verse number 12, Before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. That's Peter. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself. So Peter was eating with the Gentiles, fellowshipping with the Gentiles. James comes, uh, he, he, or when they came, he didn't want others seeing him doing it. He withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. That's the Jews. The other Jews disassembled likewise with him. So Peter's a stalwart in the church, and they're following his lead, and it's causing division. And so much that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, now, I like that. He does it in front of everyone. Everything doesn't have to be addressed before everyone, but this was an issue that, that, that carried a lot of people away. If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature, not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. I love that. We're not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Not even faith in Jesus Christ. We are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. His faith. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You can't do enough. You can't be good enough. You... You can't, you can't uh, be clean enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't tithe enough. You can't do enough, quote unquote, good things to justify your own salvation. You never will be able to. Why would you, when it's when it's free by the grace of God? I'm telling you, I. I'm, I'm not just not not just your typical strict Baptist church. I've been in many Baptist churches. Some of you know very well. We've been in them together. Where there are people in those churches that are not saved, they show no fruit of salvation with a humble spirit, with a forgiven spirit, with a with a love for God, love for the Word of God. And yet, they are tying in 
their salvation with what they do for the church, their association with the church, you cannot earn your salvation. Singing in the choir does not make you saved. Going to Sunday school does not make you saved. Reading devotionals does not make you saved. Being a member of the church, tithing, none of that makes you saved. You are saved by the grace and the faith of Jesus Christ. It doesn't even say in Jesus Christ. Now, of course, you must have faith in Jesus Christ, but the, really it's the faith of Jesus Christ that saves you. And so the Bible says, For the works of law shall no flesh be justified. But if we, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now, verse 17, Paul is saying here, If we who are Jews receive Christ's salvation and acknowledge that he has paid our debt of sin, and then act as if we are still sinners bound by the law, as those who have not believed we do it apart from Christ. What he's saying is, it's a sinner that seeks to keep the law. Okay? And if we've been saved by the Jesus Christ and His righteousness, and we seek to keep the law for our salvation, then we're not saved. We're not resting in Christ and what He did. That's how big of a deal this is. I know, and I can tell you who, who it is. I won't necessarily name names, but it's always it's those people that are put off when I say that. People that are put off when I say holding a church office won't save you, being in a choir won't save you, tithing won't save you, church membership won't save you, baptism won't save you. When I say those things, and the people that get put off by it, or the people that are resting in those things for their salvation, that person is not saved. Now, it's heartbreaking. Especially if you love them and you, you know who they are and you, it, 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 it breaks your heart. But the fact of the matter is they're not biblically saved. And if you're not biblically saved, you're biblically lost. Paul says here, God, God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed... I make myself a transgressor. For I thought I threw the law in dead to the law that I might live unto God. So I'm dead to the law that I might be alive unto God. Dead to the law, what does that mean? Paul under the law would have had to die for his sins. Okay, that, that's the requirement. Death for sins. But Christ had died to pay his penalty. And Paul was dead to the law. Christ died on the cross, it was as if all sins, all the evil, all the unbelief, for every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ could have been held responsible or nailed with him there. That's Colossians 2.14. It's a canceled bond. This is why we are no longer under the law. And this is, this is probably my favorite verse in the Bible, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Okay, I identify with the crucifixion, the death on the cross. I died on that cross. My sins died on that cross. Nevertheless, I live now, even though my sins died on that cross, I, Sean Brickman, my soul now can live. Not I, yet not I, 
but Christ liveth in me. So it's no longer me that lives because the penalty for sin is death. So now I've got something new inside. That's you, you don't even, some people have never had a Bible preacher sit down and tell them what they got when they got saved. But what you got when you got saved is you died because you had to die. Because that's the penalty for sin. But he took those sins on the cross and your identification with and in that now makes you completely alive forevermore. That's what it says. I'm giving you Bible. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. From the inside out, Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, so this life that I'm living in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So my life, my salvation, my eternal life, my eternal hope is not predicated on my faith anymore. Even faith can even be an act of work. You see that? You gotta have enough faith. 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 Well, what are you doing? You're working up your faith. You simply trust. You identify. If I go to hell, I'm going to hell with Jesus Christ because I know my only way to heaven is through and in Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm not going... because I, 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 I'm telling you, I have seen funerals. I have heard... If anybody made it to heaven, my mama made it to heaven. You, you're not going to make it to heaven, even your grand old mama. You don't make it to heaven. You make it, you, you go to heaven because Jesus Christ is there and you're in Jesus Christ. You're just reconciled with Him when your soul goes to heaven. That's it. That's it. We think of everything so, so personally. We, everything is first person. Everything is about us. It's not all about us. Salvation isn't even about us. Salvation's about Him. He died for you. He died for me. And there's no work, not even great faith, that I can build up enough to earn my way to heaven. My only way to heaven is Him. He's my only hope. He's the only way. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Okay? Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, one of the mysteries or revealed secrets of the gospel is that Christ dwells in every believer. That's, that's a mystery. That's a hidden secret. That's Colossians 1.27, Christ lives in us. Maybe I'll teach on those mysteries sometimes. But one of them is that, that Christ lives inside of every believer. Colossians 1.27 and Galatians 2.20. Now, here's verse 21. 
Here's how he closes this chapter. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. When people try to... that That's why you can't lose your salvation. You, they look at salvation through a totally wrong perspective. And it frustrates the grace of God. Because if I can do something to lose it, then I did something to obtain it. I did something to gain it. And Paul's saying that is frustrating the grace of God. Have you ever been frustrated? You were aggravated. You didn't know what to say. You didn't know what to do. And we make the grace of God of none effect if we do that. We frustrate it. We we, we make it of no use. When you're frustrated, you're of no use. And Paul's saying, I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If there's something I can do to obtain my salvation, then Jesus Christ died in vain. I could have just done that and obtained my salvation. But he didn't die in vain. And we've got it, it. This should be the happiest day of some of your lives to understand that you don't have to work for it. And that's why I was talking about Sunday when I said the love of Christ constraineth us. So when you realize that you don't have to worry and work your fingers to the bone to be saved, you don't have to keep a certain set of standards and certain set of laws, do you know what that does for me? That doesn't make me want to go sin. That makes me love Him more than I've ever loved Him before. And it would revolutionize some of your Christian journeys and lives. You would be complete and fulfilled in Him if you could get it through your heart and mind of the fact that you don't do anything for it. Because if you do anything for it, then you could lose it. Salvation is completely a gift of God to all those that simply believe. And if you simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's trust on Him, then there's nothing you can do to lose it. That's the grace of God. You're in Him. He's in you. It's not a license to sin. It's a freedom. It's a liberty that we have in Christ Jesus that I don't have to perform works of the law for justification. I am saved by His grace through faith. It is the gift of God. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful salvation that we have. Not by the works of the law. Not by our own righteousness but by the grace of Almighty God. Galatians chapter 2. This is a rich chapter. Hope you have a great night. I will see you Sunday. And then next Wednesday, we'll be back in uh, Bible study, personal Bible st- or in-person Bible study, and then Galatians 3 on Sunday night. I love each one of you. Good night.